Welcome to the City Church Podcast. We hope that you will be abundantly blessed by this message. If you would like to find out more about the city, please log on to our website, www.thecity.sg. All right. Uh, it's, good. it's good to uh, be back sharing God's Word with you. And uh, I thought it's good to give Andre a break. Not that I asked uh, for it. It was Andre who came to me and said, can I speak this morning? I think... Uh, and I said yes because he shared two stories of uh, pastors committing suicide. So I thought to myself, <laughs> I think before it gets uh, a little bit too much, it is good to share the Lord of, uh, of the preaching. So, But how many have really enjoyed the series so far? I mean, Andre has been amazing. Let's give Andre a big hand to encourage him. Well, the level of study that, that goes into one message, and uh, he sent me a few notes and said, this is what I thought you can talk about. So I said, too much notes, too deep. I think you should preach your own message. And so I said, okay, I'll preach something else this morning. But I realized the, the amount of study that Andre uh, yeah. does for one message, it's like, it's like your grandmother's cooking for Tsusi, you know. It's amazing. It's really, really good. So... <laughs> So I want all of you, please, if you've missed any of the message, to go back and uh, uh, revisit on our Facebook page or to go to our app and listen to them because that's, those are really brilliant. And join us in a few weeks' time for a continuation of the series. I think that's really, really good. Amen? Amen. Before I start, I think it's good to pray. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for this brand new uh, week, this brand new morning. We pray that you will uh, just be glorified, God, through this time of uh, sharing from your word but also challenge us, God, and uh, just make us more like Jesus. That's our prayer this morning. We love you. We honor you. Pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. When you don't preach as often, uh, one of the tendencies is you've got a whole list of sermons that uh, you can or you want to preach from. All right? So I'm a local church guy. I love church. And so I thought, let's talk about church. And so I did a message on church uh, last night all set to preach. I did that in uh, Yangon, so Tim and Patsy have heard uh, me talk about what does it mean to be a presence-driven church. Woke up this morning, and and I, uh, this is one one thing that you you hate as a preacher, right? You woke up in the morning, and you felt the Lord says, uh, talk about something else. And so I say, okay, what should I talk about? And he said, talk about seeing red. And I thought to myself, is it because of all the Chinese uh, New Year's uh, decorations in my house or what I see? But I, but I want to talk to you this morning about anger. But before I go into it, I know I, since we're on this whole series on emotions, and I thought it's good to revisit some of the foundations that uh, have been laid. I missed the first Sunday, so I, I checked out the, the sermons and I thought it was brilliant and I could add to that and just help us strengthen our understanding of our emotions. All right, so before I talk about anger, let's talk about emotions. Now, how many of you have watched the cartoon Inside Out? I love it. Of course, the, the, the main character in the show is named Joy. I've got to like it because that's my wife's name. But I, I, I just love the whole cartoon. I thought that's brilliant. It's amazing. But how many of you can name me the different characters from the cartoon? Anger, joy, sadness. Come on. Hey, this side. Disgust, okay. Envy, yes. Sadness, Sadness good. I think altogether there are about six, right? And that was by Pixar. It's one of the, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's an amazing uh, cartoon. I, I, I found myself crying. My daughter burst out crying because uh, I was a bing bong dai. And so that was like, oh, so moving. It was just an amazing cartoon. And do you know that the uh, cartoon can actually form a series? <laughs> you know, maybe next year we should have a series called Inside Out, Lessons from, uh, Pix- from a Pixar uh, movie. But I believe our, I, I believe our emotions are from God. Uh, yes? Yeah. I mean, in fact, uh, who, who can tell me the great commandment? To love the Lord our God with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of your mind, 
with all of your strength. Now, when Jesus said that, can you hear the emotions in his words? Uh, that was, you know, you, can, you, have, you have to imagine with me that when Jesus actually said, this is the most important commandment, he says you have to love, love God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind. He's not just saying, oh, just love God, but he actually added a lot of emotions. He wants us to love God passionately. Somebody say passion. Amen. He wants to have an emotional relationship with us, with his people. Somebody say amen. So we need to understand about uh, a few things about emotions. First of all, God has emotions. Yes, God is an emotional God. Yes, He feels joy, He feels grief, He feels pain, He hates sin, He gets frustrated with His people. You read the Old Testament, you read, you, you read the Gospels, you could feel that God has emotions. He wants us to know Him more than just in our head. He wants us to know Him uh, with our emotions. Some say Amen. Amen. Also, our ability to feel is a gift from God. Because we're making this likeness and God has got emotions, He actually wants us to uh, be like Him in the way we feel. Amen? Yes. Uh, the third thing is that we've got to avoid two extremes, which is what I think we're talking about in this series. All right, uh, there are two extremes in our emotions. Of course, we've got emotionalism. And people you know, who subscribe to that is, the, is, by, is saying that the, ex, is the, is the extreme of saying that the only thing that matters in life it's how we feel, not, not what we think, how we think, what's right, what's wrong in our thinking, but it's how we feel. And that's an extreme uh, thinking. All right? Everything in life is not just based on our emotions. But to people who are emotional, emotionally driven, emotions control their lives. Emotionalism. And there are some churches that are highly emotional. And all, they, and all they do is just come, cry, shout, scream, roll on the floor. Now, we believe in manifestations. But if all there is to our Christian faith is emotionalism, then that, uh, that's very extreme, yes? But on the other hand, there are some churches that are very stoic, void of emotions. And people who are stoic say that feelings aren't important. The only things that matter are your intellect and your will. That's also an extreme but there are entire denominations that are built on these differing approaches. Yes, they downplay em emotions or they elevate the intellect and everything else uh, don't matter. That's not right also. So God gave us emotions for a reason. He wants us to worship Him emotionally. He wants us to have our emotions in control. In fact, Jesus is the most emotionally healthy person who has ever walked the face of the earth. And if our mission, if our passion is to become like Jesus, we have to become healthy like our Savior. He wants us to be, God wants us to be like Jesus in the way we feel. And all God's people say, Amen. Amen. That's our goal. So let's talk about seeing red. I want to start with a confession. Some of you may not see that side of me. My children can tell you, but I have a temper problem. <laughs> <laughs> I have a temper problem. In fact, I don't think I'm the only person in this room with a temper problem. But I grow up challenged in the way I react to situations or to people. In fact, uh, one of the things that I'm not too proud of is you know, my uh, quickness and the way I'm short with service stuff uh, with uh, people on the phone like with Starhub if you're a Starhub person alright Starhub and uh, I've got to pray before I give a feedback alright to a Starhub employee I've got to be before I dial the number I say God please help me alright I, I, I know as customers we've got our rights but I want to be Christian I want to be like Jesus in the way I talk to the Starhub service uh, person so God help me Right, on we talked about when you when you drive when a person is driving too fast, you know you get angry. Driving too slow, you get angry. I mean, we are all. We, I'm short. Tem I'm short uh, temper. When my kids are slow and waking up in the morning, I get angry. Or when they go to bed too late, I get angry. When they sleep too much, I get angry. I mean, this dad is pretty hard to please. And my children say. In fact, when I was way younger, before I get a bit more sanctified, before I became a Christian, I used to play sports. And I 
was a captain in the table uh, tennis team. Not that I was the best player, but there was no one, there was no one else who volunteered. So I became the captain of the table tennis team, and I actually became quite good in the way I play. And but one of the problems I had was I was so quick tempered. I would throw my bets whenever I miss a point. And, and uh, back in those days, a bet cost about $100, which is very expensive. And my, black, and my table tennis racket would split in, into, in, into two, and I've got to replace them. Or when I play basketball, I'll be screaming at my teammates, I have a temper problem. Anger is something that you know, I'm still battling with. I think over time, I've grown, I've become more Christ-like, but it requires a lot of prayer, all right, for me, to, uh, uh, for, for me to be patient, for me to overlook someone's fault. Am I the only person in this room? Okay, well, I'm in good company. But let's read a verse be- before I go on. Let's read the, the verse uh, from Proverbs, the Bible says, A person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. And I love the book of Proverbs. It's just so practical. And uh, the wise man said, It is the glory of men to overlook an offense, to actually uh, be patient with someone else's fault or with the responses or reactions from the people around you. But before I go into what I want to talk about, I think it's important for us to understand that anger is a normal reaction. All right. In fact, inside out, that cartoon tells us that if you remove any of our emotions, then you know, we become deficient. Like we thought sadness was bad, but sadness, actually grief is, is part of how God has wired us. Right? The Bible says, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. So, so the ability to grieve is a gift from God. Likewise, uh, the ability to be angry is also a gift. From God, and I explain that as we go along. It's a normal reaction. Everyone gets angry, and there's probably a good reason why we get angry. The way you handle your anger can make a difference to your heart. That's that, that's what science tells us. Or in fact, uh, this cardiologist uh, said that if you have a destructive reaction to anger, you are more likely to have heart attacks. So, so this sermon is very important. Yes, yes. Come on. Another professor said, if you can tell people in an appropriate way that you're angry, that's a good sign. All right, so one of the, the things that you know whether anger is under control is you can actually tell people, Andre, I'm angry, I'm upset, Dad, I'm actually annoyed. I, I mean, the ability to actually articulate how you feel is a healthy sign. Amen. Because anger actually fires up your heart. And uh, I've been inspired also by what my wife is taking in school. She's doing psychology uh, in SUSS as part of her modules. But you know, emotions are such, such, such as anger or hostility ramp up your fight or flight response. Yes? When that happens, stress hormones, including adrenaline, uh, what they call cortisol, speed up the heart rate and breathing. You get a burst of energy. Your blood vessels... Uh, uh, Tightens up, blood pressure goes up, and you're ready to fight for your life or, or you are, re- are ready to flight uh, for safety. And when that, ha- when that happens, it causes wear and tear to your, ar- to your artery walls and actually potentially causes heart issues. Very important for us to know that. I'm not a doctor, but it's very important for us to know that uncontrolled anger can actually cause health issues. But also it's very interesting that in my study, that anger is our response to whatever endangers something that we love. And that's when anger is good. In fact, I like what Tim Keller said. Tim said, Pastor Tim, said that in its uncorrupted origin, anger is actually a form of love. Wow, I love that. Anger is actually a form of love. Anger is love in motion. To deal with a threat to someone or something we truly care about. Can, can we all, all, uh, all agree? It's, some, it's, a, it's a response. It's anger. It's love in motion to deal with a threat to someone or something we truly care about. For example, it is right that we get angry when the food panda delivery man spat down our walkway with our kids and all uh, just strolling along, right? And I'll be, I'll be angry. I say, what's this? We should have some regulation, all right, with all the e-scooter. Now, if you, are, if you are doing that, can I urge you, beseech you, and exhort you, 
please don't ride your e-scooter on a pavement because that's not for e-scooters. If you really want to ride e-scooter, ride on the road and endanger your own life, but not mine. <laughs> if you want to use the, the, uh, the, the manual type, it's fine, right? Because my son actually does that. Because you can't go at 30 kilometers per hour. But if you are using the e-scooter and you sped down with your earphones on, I mean, that's dangerous. And I get angry. Especially when I'm holding jet and then this guy comes zoom past me and I could feel the wind goes by and my hair flies up. I mean, that's dangerous. And, I'll, and I get angry. I, I'm glad that now they've got this what e-scooter act that they're debating in parliament has been passed. That's good news. And all God's people say, Amen. <laughs> but it's, it's fair. You're selling e-scooter, I'm sorry, but there are things that because we care about our children, we care about the safety of the old folks, it's normal for us to get angry. Normal. What, what about when you read of uh, things in the news like terrorists blowing up uh, the squares in Paris, for example, innocent people die. When you read news like that, do you get angry? If you don't, then I really question, are you normal? Because when there's injustice in the world, when you read that human trafficking is an industry that, uh, that is bringing more income than arms, I mean, at one point in time, that was like the vice in the world, right? Arms trading, illegal. But now, pornography and human trafficking far exceeds the, the illegal dollars that are coming in uh, and, and lying in the pockets of syndicates. Now, I get angry when I hear of things like that. I get angry when I hear that you can actually purchase uh, a child uh, to, and to sell, and, uh, for sex trade at $3,000. I get angry! If you don't, then something is wrong. See, these, these are things that fire up my, my heart. All right? And that's what passion is. Passion is when you've got a fiery heart. You've got a burning heart. That's what it means to, to have a burning heart for the Lord, for issues that are truly close to the Lord's heart. We love what He loves. We hate what He hates. That's what righteous anger is. Yes? But the question is, we find ourselves getting annoyed at the simplest, most harmless things. In fact, Tim Keller calls that disordered loves. Or what uh, St. Augustine uh, calls inordinate affections. And we find ourselves getting irritated. We are so irri irritable at almost harmless things. See, Keller explains there's nothing uh, wrong being, uh, being irritated or annoyed, getting angry to a certain degree, if people slice your reputation, if you're in school and then people are spreading rumors or they're bullying you on uh, Instagram, uh, telling stories about you, there's really nothing wrong being a little bit annoyed by these, by these things. But, listen, if you get, but, if, but oftentimes we are 10 times more angry about being slighted for our reputation, in our reputation, or, 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 or when people actually unfairly treat us, we are more angry at that than the injustice in the world. Right? Is it true? Like when we read of something and someone said this about us, the feeling we have is a hundred times stronger than sex trafficking. E-scooter knocking down an old uh, man and cost a man his life. I mean, all these things, if you talk about, if you talk, if you talk about fairness, I mean, we should feel stronger, right? You know, for all the injustice in the world. But why do we feel more angry? Why do we feel um, irritated or more annoyed when, when people wrong us? Why? This is exactly what Augustine means when he talks about inordinate or improportionate affection or love. Do you know why? Because if what you're really looking to for your significance and security is people's approval, or a good reputation, status, or something like that, then whatever gets in between you and the thing that you have, or you, or you are going for, makes you angry, and you have to have it. And that's what it, it means when you love yourself more than anything else. It's, it's the self that, that makes our anger improportionate. Are you, are, are you still with me?
Because we should love people. And when we love people, when we see injustice, we feel angry because that's God's heart. But because we love ourselves more than all these things, more uh, than the injustice in the world, more than people getting hurt, that's why we get angry. And that's true about me. That's why I, got, I get irritated with a service staff on the phone. That's why when my rights are not met uh, because I've got this status with my travel and I get bummed down, I mean, I get angry more than I feel for for the injustice in the world because I love myself more. Are you with me? And that's the anger that we have to talk about this morning. If you want to be emotionally healthy, I think we need to address self-love or anger. That's the problem. We get angry at, at our spouse because she, she forgets to... Uh, uh, buy our favorite dish, for example, or she forgets her orders. Like we said, you have, you have to uh, get A, B, C, D. She comes back with A, B, C, miss out the D and E. We get more angry at our spouse than, uh, than people killing children. All right? <laughs> Something is disproportionate. And that is the Lord's concern. And that's my concern. That's what I'm trying to work on in my life by the grace of God. I'm emotionally unhealthy if my, ang- if my anger towards my spouse is more than my anger you know, against, my anger against you know, the injustice and the unfairness in the world. That's what we're talking about. Amen. Alright, so looking at the Bible, there are three types of anger and I think it's very important for us to know that. And for us to actually differentiate the three different types of anger that are presented to us in the Bible. Again, not all angers are bad. Some are actually good. And we'll talk about these. All right, the three types of anger. I'll give them to you first. In case I go long, you've got to leave. You've got my points. All right. First, we've got this, we have got what I call sudden anger. All right. Sudden anger. And with sudden anger, basically it's called annoyance. Right? I'm just annoyed. I'm irritated. I'm annoyed. All right. Sudden anger, we've got to control it. All right. And then we've got sinful anger, and we'll talk about that. And sinful anger, we have to condemn it, because that's not of God. And then we've got sanctified anger. Sanctified anger is from the Lord, we've got to channel it. All right. So, sudden anger, we've got to control it. Sinful anger, we've got to condemn it. And... Sanctify anger, we've got to channel it. So let's talk about sudden anger with a few Bible verses. All right? So Proverbs chapter 14, verse 17, the Bible tells us a quick-tempered man does foolish things. Now, how many quick-tempered persons do we have? Come on. All right, the rest of you, I think the next sermon from Andre is lying. All right? <laughs> well, honesty, yes, not, not lying. That must be, must be positive. Emotionally healthy spirituality. How to be honest with yourself. Self-awareness is part of emotional intelligence. All right? But most of us in Singapore, because of the pace of life, we are quick to anger. All right? That's what the Bible says. We are quick to react. A quick-tempered man does foolish things. And we, are, and we already know that because of what I do. Like for, uh, confession time, right? was tired. Picked Joy up from uh, SUSS when uh, last night, because she was, she was in school, went for uh, our family gathering, pull up, Nick's uh, pull up at the chalet. And now, listen, my knowledge, I know, all right, that you know, I have to, to treat security personnel with respect because of the recent video that I watched. They are, you know, they are one of the most discriminated people. So I said, I'm a Christian, I'm a pastor. I need to treat them with, with respect. So I pull up. And then the guy said, where are you going? I said, to the chalet. And uh, he said, can, can you see the parking is full? You can't park here. I don't know what got into me. That must be a demon. <laughs> Whispering into my ears. And I reacted. And I said, so how? And I became like this non-Christian. Where do I park? So I said, where do I park then? Outside. I said, okay, but I've dropped my kids off. Make sure you, you don't park. Okay, okay. And, and I walked I walk back and when I was driving, all these cars were lining the, the side of the road inside the chalet. And so I said to the guy on my way out, and I said, make sure you will climb them. Huh? <laughs> oh, that's terrible. I said, wow, I'm a Christian. Huh? That's bad. It's my reaction. It's the sudden anger. Short fuse. No excuse. 
Which is why the Bible says, if, if a sin confessed to one and another, I'm just practicing the Bible here, right? But the bottom line is, if we have short fuse, we're going to do a lot of foolish things, like being unkind to people that we know we should be kind to. And so to soothe my conscience, which is what we all do as Christians, we just go to, uh, I said to my wife, hey, maybe we should give the guy an ang pao, because we are, we're trying to have immediate action, right? Just to make ourselves feel better. But sudden anger, frustration sets in. A hot-tempered man, all right? A quick-tempered person, short fuse. Next verse, Proverbs 15, verse 18 says, A hot-tempered man stirs up dissension, not just does foolish things, but when you are quick-tempered, you want people to be on your side, right? So especially if you're not sanctified, uh, you will say to your kids, your wife, and say, look at that guy, I'm, I'm all here, look at and we start to, And we start to stir up dissension, division. We, you know, and we start to, Tell people why you f- the way you feel is right. This simply means that you have a short, short fuse, losing temper, but you're always walking with, with a chip on your shoulder. You're looking for someone to uh, blame. I mean, you stir up dissension. And we have that in the workplace, back at home, in our family. We have that in church. All right, we call it politicking, right? Stirs up dissension. No, I like what someone said. Whenever you fly into a rage, you seldom make a safe landing. Oh, I like that. Whenever you fly into a rage, you seldom make us a safe landing. And this is true in my own life growing up with my parenting. Bad. All right, Proverbs 18 verse uh, 13 says, He who answers before listening, that is his, that is his folly and his shame. And what this verse talks about is jumping to conclusion. If you're quick temper, you're always jumping to conclusion. Right? Like, well, Starhub is the worst. Ah. I mean, compared to Sing, sing Tawa, and then you start, you're always jumping. Is it true? No, it's not true. It's just your mind playing games based on your reaction. All right? Or like, on, Andre forgot to greet you on Sunday and said, hey, wow, your, your kids are so cute. You jump to conclusion. Andre is not a caring pastor. All he does is he teach. He doesn't really pastor. I mean, you jump to conclusion because you are a quick-tempered person. I mean, he's the most caring person. But because you are quick in your reaction, you jump to conclusion. Like this, like this church, wow, they don't value people one because, you know, uh, whatever, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, I'm so positive, I can't think of anything negative to talk about you guys. You guys love people to bits, man. I mean, but... I mean, we're always jumping. Same thing in our workplace. Same thing back at home with our kids, with our spouses. We jump to conclusion and we pass a judgment without even investigating, without even listening. Why? Because this is what the Bible says. He who answers before listening, that is his own folly. And it is his shame and we jump to conclusion. See, I'm talking about myself. Huh? It's right here. Not you guys, Daniel Chua. Jumping to, to conclusion. And the last verse, I love this. Uh, Proverbs 19 verse 19 says, A hot-tempered man must pay the penalty. Whoa. Red cut all the time. I mean, it is health issues, no friends, always misunderstood by people. Uh, and you think, but I'm a task-oriented guy. This, all these relational things not very important. I mean, it is important. It is important for us to be like Jesus in the way we respond to people and to situations. And Jesus did not jump to conclusion. If he has jumped to conclusions, all of us wouldn't be here. That's true. He wouldn't have saved you. Or maybe he wouldn't have saved me. All of you are better, right? <laughs> wouldn't have saved me. But doctors, as I said, tells us that losing our temper consistently brings high blood pressure, dryness of mouth, fast beating heart. It could even cause premature death. The penalties of losing our temper and sudden anger a lot. Alright, so teenagers, listen, this is very important for you to know this because I wish someone talks to me about this when I was 17 years old. Alright? All the bosses here, likewise. Alright, I just pray that you wouldn't react, but you respond. And that's what the Bible says. Be quick to listen, slow to anger, and slow to speak. There's a Bible verse that we should always have in our head, if not in front of us, on our mirror. It's, 
it's, it is wisdom. I mean, sudden anger must be controlled. But how do we control it? We must first of all recognize we have a problem with temper. And you, we can't blame it on our heritage. I'm a Teochew. <laughs> I mean, oh, I'm an Irish. We tend, we tend to blame it on... But this is what my family is like. Oh, we, we've got no offense one. All of us are like that. We just speak our mind. This is who we are. Come on. <laughs> this is who we are. This is, this is how we are like. My grandfather is like that. My father is like that. Too bad if, if my father is like that. This is who I am. No, we cannot blame on our heritage. We have got to call a spade a spade. We have to say, I have a temper problem. If people who love you enough, even though it may not sound palatable, or it, 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 it may not sound good, come to us and say, hey, you have a temper problem. Don't say no. All right, this is who I am. They say, tell me about it. All right, point it out. Amen. Because if you choose to blame someone, blame your situation, blame, we'll never improve, right? So confess the problem, ask God for help. This is exactly what I did when I was younger, what I'm still doing now, before I call, before I, you know, when I was playing uh, ball, I was a brand new Christian back in those days, and I was so short-tempered. And I'll be saying, God, today I lost my cool, the F word came out, you know, and God, please help me. Please help me when I'm, when I'm playing. I want to glorify you in my response, in my reaction when I'm playing games, when I'm playing ball. Even when I lose, I want to be a great loser, not a sore loser. So God, help me. And you, I confess it. I ask God to come into my life to guide me. And do you know that self-control is a fruit of the Holy Spirit? But there's a place for you to control your reaction. It takes training. It takes discipline. It takes God's grace. God, help! Amen. So, sudden anger, control it. Number two, sinful anger. Sinful anger. All right. Again, it's important for us to note that not all anger is sinful, but some anger is. All right. So let's look at a few Bible verses and give ourselves a list all right, to test whether it's our anger sinful or not. All right, Matthew uh, 5, verse 21, uh, Jesus said, You have heard it was said to the people long ago, Don't murder. Anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that, and, and that anyone who is angry with his brother will be subjected to judgment. So now, this scripture tells us that some things about anger that, we, that should help us realize all right, when our anger is sinful or anger is not. Now, the Bible talks about being angry with a brother. Being angry with a brother. Now, if you're a brother or a sister, it means that this person is a member of the same family. Siblings, Christian, community. If we are angry at one another, the tendency is it could be sinful. All right? Because you're focusing your anger on the person. Listen carefully. This is a very important point. Yeah? We should not focus our anger on a person, but on the ex. And, well, it's a cliche, right? We talk about loving the sinner, hate the sin. But that's exactly what this verse means. Don't be angry at a brother. Right? Be, be upset, be frustrated with the things that he or she may be doing, but not focusing our anger on people, but rather on the habitual sins, on the actions of the people. See, Jesus was never angry at people, but he was angry at their sins. Amen? So look beyond the person. We must love the person, but hate the sins. Are you with me? Are you with me? All right, Romans 12 verse 19. Paul says, do not take re a, a, a revenge, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge our repay, says the Lord. So, the next question is, is your anger seeking revenge? Is your anger seeking revenge? If you, are, if you are vengeful, if you're always trying to get even with those who have wronged you, then perhaps the anger is sinful. But if you turn a blind eye, to an offense. If you turn over your hurts and your pain to the Lord, that's the right response, yes? But if, if our anger is geared towards seeking revenge, then it's definitely very sinful. 
Yep. I mean, the person who can ask for revenge is the Lord himself. All right. He could be vengeful, but he chose to turn the other cheek. Amen. So, yep. And to be vengeful also most likely means that you're, you are cherishing the anger. And this is another test. Are we cherishing it? Now, I, I can confess it. I, you know, I, I held nothing against the security personnel, right? I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be saying, well, I'll, I'll go back there and uh, I'll smash up his car, you know, and then I'll uh, make sure that he can't get a job somewhere else. There was no revenge intended. And I don't cherish it. I'm making a joke about myself in it because I know I was the one in the wrong. He was just doing his job. But if you're cherishing an anger, for example, if you still remember what Jonathan did to you five years ago, then, you know, I think you have got a problem. If you're still harboring a grudge for what I did not do to you when I was senior pastoring this church, then something might be wrong. If you can't see anyone in this room eye to eye, because by looking at the eye brings back a lot of hurtful, painful memories, then you need help. Because you are cherishing anger. All right? And we should not cherish. We should deal with it, bring it to the Lord and say, God, please remove the pain and the hurt from my life by your grace. Amen. Whether it's with a loved one, whether it's with an enemy, and that's why we make fun of our enemies all the time. Bring them to church. <laughs> bring them next week listen to Andrew Gardner because as believers we should not have any human being as our enemies Amen Wow, very quiet here <laughs> you heard about what, what I did right uh, to the loan shark who wrote on, on my wall I think I told some of you who came to my place, it was my favorite story. It's one of those like, I was so angry at the policemen because they said you can do nothing about it. Like, they can't do anything about writing on the wall. I said, what? Is, Sing- is Singapore run by gangsters? And I said, I said to, to the policeman, he said, oh, nah. and he just like, say whatever. I right? just say something. And so I said, I was so angry. And you know your anger gets out of control when, 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 you're, when you're trying to write and email, your hands start to tremble. Yeah, it's only happened to me twice, right? One was when I felt wrong by a colleague, a full-time church worker, when I was a young person. I felt so angry. I couldn't even write. I was trying to express how I feel to her, but I was like shaking. That was anger being out of control. The second time was when I heard from the police that Singapore is run by gangsters. I said... I need to do something about it as a Singaporean who's responsible. So I went and I looked for PM's email address. You, do, you, do you know you can find Prime Minister's email address? I looked for the Chief of Police email address. I looked for, you know, I looked for the legal minister, the law minister email address. Our 4-5 email address, I wrote them an email. I said, a loan shark just came, wrote on, on my wall, splash pin on my door. It's a brand new flat. I didn't owe money. It was from the previous uh, tenant. And I said, is Singapore run by gangsters? I wrote to my MP. I wrote a long email. I was like, angry. I sent it. Anger lifted. <laughs> now, I had every right to do that, right? Every right. It's my right and obligation. I'm taking contract law. So it's my right and obligation as a citizen. <laughs> that was my thing. But I knew you can be right and wrong, right? You can be right, but you know that in your heart, just, just, just like the way I treated the, the security personnel, the way I responded was wrong and I was angry. And I, and I knew I displeased the Lord. I said, God, I'm so sorry. If you give me one more chance, I that's the wrong prayer. But I said, if you give me one more chance, I'll respond in a Christ-like way. So guess what? God is a prayer-answering God. A few months later, He returned. Uh, with writing on the wall... Splash pain. I was supposed to go to Malaysia with my pastor. I said I cannot go because loan shark just came. But this time around, my response was different. I was kind to the policeman. I said, "You're doing your, your job. Thank you very much for writing the statement." I was very cooperative, and I didn't go to the PM. Now I just knew, okay, God, this is your second chance, right? So God, I need to respond correctly. And so I, just in case you've never experienced it, let me tell how it how it how it worked. There will be all money, pay money on the wall. 
they can't really spell, so it's zero dollar signs and zero dollar signs. All right, so, and then there's a phone number. Now, the phone number uh, is not for you to call back and uh, ask for mercy. It's for you to call back and uh, tell them, can I pay you the money? And this guy who wrote on the wall is usually not the loan shark, it's the runner, all right, who also owes a lot of money. So he's just trying to cut out $50 of his debt by being the runner, right? So I knew it. I did my research after the first time. And so, okay, this guy's the runner. I have to respond correctly. And so I took the number down. I start texting. Before there was WhatsApp in those days. No WhatsApp then. It was all text. And so I start texting every Bible verse I knew. I shared with him the false spiritual law. I said, I know you are a victim in this. You are, you are probably owing a lot of money. I'm a Christian. In fact, I'm a pastor. My church has got over a thousand people. We can help you. All right? I said... Have you heard of the false spiritual law? I assume not. So law number one, God loves you, has a wonderful plan for your life. Law number two, but we have all sinned. And I give him Bible verses and I say, I, and I end up by saying, love you very much. <laughs> and you know what? The splashing stop, the writing on the wall stop, I passed the test. And shortly after that, they start installing like CCTV into FHDB flat. Maybe we've gone from my feedback to PM. I mean, <laughs> Singapore is run by gangsters. God, oh, God always turned what was meant for evil, for what is good. So, praise God from whom all blessings flow. Hallelujah. So you have to thank me for the CCTV at your lift landing. Alright? But that's not the point. The point is, you have got to respond, not react. Because I don't cherish... I didn't, I, I didn't start a crusade against all loan, loan shark. I didn't start a lobbying group and say, let's pull down the loan shark activities. No, I, resp- I don't cherish it. I wasn't vengeful. All right? I was just doing what <laughs> a, a, a citizen should do, but also I responded in a Christ-like manner. But do you know what? Sometimes we hold on to an offense. All right, and there's a story in the Bible, if you remember, when Jesus said to the man who was by the pool waiting to be healed, and he asked this question, which is a silly question. He has been there for 38 years, right? Has been waiting for the angel to stir the water and for people to help him in. But maybe he was, he was like further away from the rest, so he always missed his chance. Always missed his chance. So Jesus asked, do you want to be healed? Oh, do you find that that's a very strange question? I mean, he's been 38 years. He was there expecting to get to the water to be healed. And Jesus asked the questions, do you want to be healed? The, the point is this. There are many of us in this room, and sometimes myself included, we hold on to an offense and we do not want to let it go. We cherish it. Is that you this morning? If you can still remember what people have done to you five years ago, if, in fact two months ago, or even last week, you have not let it go yet then perhaps you are cherishing the offense. It's time for you to to let it go. Somebody say amen. Because that's a sinful anger. All right? And that breeds unforgiveness, bitterness, and it, it will kill you. So in summary, five tests, right, that we talked about. The first is, is it directed towards a person? If it is, it's sinful. Is it with... We, uh, without a cause, we didn't talk about that, but if it's without a justifiable cause, then sinful because it's just personal. Are you seeking vengeance? Do you cherish it? Is there an unforgiving spirit? If there is, then those are all signs that we should condemn this anger. If it's sinful, we need to repent this morning, change our mind, and ask God for His love to love our enemies. Amen? My last point, sanctified Anger. Sanctified anger must be channeled. Channeled in the right direction for the glory of God. And somebody say, Amen. Alright, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26, not on the notes, on the slides, be angry, but do not sin. So, there's a place for us to be angry. Alright? There's a place for sanctified, righteous anger. In fact, let's read this story from the Gospels. Mark chapter 3, verses 1 to 5. On the screen, please, this is a Bible story. It says, another time Jesus went to the synagogue and a man with a shriveled hand uh, was there. Some of them were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus, so they watched him closely to see if he would heal him on the Sabbath. Jesus said to the man with the shriveled hand, stand up in front of everyone. 
Then Jesus asked them what is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill. But they remained silent. He looked around at them in anger. And deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts, said to the man, stretch out your hand. He stretched it out and his hand was completely healed. So even the loving Jesus got angry at the religious leaders and the people who thought that keeping the law on Sabbath is more important than saving lives. All right? And that was sanctified anger. The Bible, the Bible tells us that Jesus was tempted at, in all points, and I'm sure he was tempted also in the area of frustration, of anger. In fact, you can read all about his frustration towards his disciples. But when he got angry, it wasn't sinful anger. It was sanctified, channel anger, has the right focus and the right object. Was Jesus angry at them? Or was Jesus angry at their religious spirit? I think it's the latter. Jesus was angry that they missed the point of the law. They missed the point of the principle. And so maybe as we close this morning, maybe as Christians, as the church of Jesus Christ, we need an infusion of sanctified anger. I think so. To become angry at the corruption around us. To become angry at the forces of evil that are coming against our loved ones. To become angry at the sex trade, at sex trafficking, and at angry, be angry at injustice. And I think it's great that we talk about all these things in this church because there's a place for us to be angry at, at, at the injustice in the world. To become angry at the millions uh, in the world that don't know Christ and are heading towards an eternal place without Jesus, right? To be angry at the murders, at the rapes, to be angry. And the first place to channel our anger is not lobbying, right? It's prayer. See, sanctified anger should drive us to a place of intercession, right? And to stand in the game and say, God, you are just. You are the lover of their souls. God, save people. God, rescue them. God, And that's the place to channel our anger. And then we start doing what is right. I mean, either, either by being part of a group to address issues, to shape policies. And some of you are doing that. That's amazing. That's great. All right? So, but we have to channel <coughs> our anger towards things that are against God's heart. To love what, what he loves and to hate what he hates. It's time, I feel, for the church to become angry, but sanctify anger, a holy anger, and to channel it in the right places. So there are three types of anger we talk about this morning. We talk about sudden anger, and that's probably many of us. Irritation, frustration, quick to respond, quick to react, speak before we think. And that's common for a, a, a lot of us because that's an area that we are not, that, that, that God is still working on. But I pray this morning that you will allow God to work in this area of your life. If you're always in strife with a loved one, with your, with your wife, with your husband, then that's first point. Uh, if you're always reacting to what you see around you, like me, then that's probably an area that you, we need God's grace. Amen. Sinful anger, if you're holding on to an offense, you're cherishing it this morning, then I want to strongly encourage you. Let it, let it go and let God take over. But as a church, I think it's time for us to channel a righteous anger to what is close to God's heart. Amen. So let's all stand to our feet. Are you seeing red this morning? What are you angry at? Are you angry at a brother or are you angry at an issue that is hurting God's heart? Let's just close our eyes for a, for a moment to allow the Holy Spirit to uh, just move in our hearts. And I've been thinking about this series, right? And again, 
like most things that I do, I try to simplify it, synthesize it, break it down, keep it as simple as possible. And I, and I ask myself, what, what does it look like? What does a healthy, emotional person look, look like? And I really feel it's uh, Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. All right? Where Paul said, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. But we always miss out the last part. He says, against such things there is no law. Which means that we don't need a legal framework for us to be kind. Against such things. And I feel a emotionally healthy person is, is constantly responding in love, in a state of joy regardless of their, their circumstance walking in shalom, peace, even when the world around them is crashing down. And it is called the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And part of the training process, and I love how Andre puts it, we are, we are not trying to please God, but we are, we are being trained to reign with Him in this life. And part of the training process, I really believe, is us surrendering our rights, our will, to God every single time every single time say God I don't understand I feel wrong I feel upset but God take over and that's when you allow Holy Spirit to come into your life and just start to rule and reign over your heart and your mind come on I mean this is this is God's will this is God's will God's will. The Spirit-controlled life. The Spirit-controlled life. So Father, we come to you this morning. And we want to just surrender our feelings, our emotions to you. We thank you that you created them. You love our emotions. You love our passion even though at times we, we misplace them. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. 